The Producers Podcast is back at you and is brought to you by Denver Sports. You can find us on denversports.com or the Denver Sports app. Tell all of your family, tell all of your friends. But as you're doing that, we want to welcome you. No, 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 you specifically into this edition of the Producers Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is going to be a power pack next 20 to 30 minutes. So we're going to get into a conversation that could it evolve how we look at football moving forward. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I am KJ, producer of The Drive and Denver Sports Tonight. And Ty, who is with me, one of the greatest producers here at 104 Through the Fan. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm just I'm just vibing. I'm just enjoying the nice warm weather. It it's life's good. There you go. I love it. Love it, man. Well, I see you got a Stanley Cup champion shirt on. The Avs are getting ready to get underway in regards to their champ their attempt to defend the Stanley Cup. Yeah, getting ready to try to repeat them for the first time in their history. Yes, absolutely. So uh, just, you know, however long you want to take on this, I'll, I'll ask you, uh, what do you think about the Avs and how far do you think they they will go? Uh, me, I'm I'm a big ball of anxiety with, with all of our sports teams, right? Right. I'm, I'm a, just a worry wart by nature. I should really get some help for that. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, honestly, I think the Avs, I'm pretty confident they'll get out of the first round, but... You know, the second round is where it might get a little dicey. I think I think they're in good form, good shape with with either the Stars or the or the Wild. Uh, the West, the Western Conference Final, I think, is where they might might reach the end of their run because th- those those Oilers they look good, man. They look good, it, even in spite of their overtime loss. They still look pretty scary. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Edmonton is a very very scary team. Um, and it's not really. I, I guess let me let me let me rephrase that. The, the team itself isn't scary. It's really their front line. Yeah, uh, when and you're dealing with play. McDavid and Leon Drysital. I mean, we all know Connor McDavid is going to go down as one of the greatest hockey players ever. I and mean, he just put up a hundred and fifty plus point season. So yeah, you know he's going to come roaring like a lion as they get it going here in the NHL playoffs. And I agree with you. I think. The Colorado Avalanche, they definitely have enough fire. You have them getting eliminated in the Western Conference Finals, correct? Well, I, I think they can make it to the Stanley Cup Final, but think th- so? I think okay. that's as far as they go. Got you, the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Western Conference Finals is where it gets dicey, right? but the Stanley Cup Final, I think, is where it conclusively ends, I think. Because I, I, no matter who comes out of the East, I think it's, it's going to be Boston, honestly. Because Boston, they look even scarier than uh, than Edmonton, man. Uh, Th- those it, guys look historic. It's funny you say that, man. I have a bet. Well, not I. Me and the executive producer of 104 through the fan, Drew. Drew, we have a bet with uh, DenverSports.com Avs analyst Will Peterson that Boston will not come out of the East. So oh, yeah, you, you guys are you guys are buying into the the president's. Trophy uh, curse? Oh, well, I am not necessarily. I just think the higher the bill, the harder to fall. And right. I think the Boston Bruins are setting up for that. They just broke the all-time record for most wins. They just broke the all-time record for most, uh, what was it? It wasn't points in a season. It was, um. oh, my goodness. 
maybe maybe it was points in the season. I think it was points in the yeah, season. But probably none, was points nonetheless, in the season. Um, they broke several records this year, and I think all of that is great, is commendable. Um, they have <laughs> arguably one of the greatest uh, top lines, I guess top two lines probably in the modern era, no doubt about yeah. it. So they're a strong team, and they're going to be a hard out, especially watching how aggressive they are defensively. But, you know, at the end of the day, my biggest thing is the East is super competitive. And I think right. by the second round is when you're going to start to pick up some of those real nicks and bruises. So by the time Boston would potentially make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, how much would they have left in the tank? And I think that's a question that a lot of people don't realistically want to get into. But all of this talk about the Avs, and about the Bruins and the NHL playoffs. And we're talking about, can they repeat? Can they do something bigger than what we have become accustomed to in sports today? Transitions us right into the conversation we want to talk about today. And that is the modern age of quarterbacks and how the game has changed so much from the past, and then we look at how we have running-style quarterbacks now, and we wonder, will that trend continue in the future? We'll cover all of that here in the next 15 to 20 minutes. So let's start here, Ty. When we look back at the age of all great quarterbacks, pretty much since the AFL days, um, you know, you go all the way back to before they even had divisions and leagues and things of that nature. It's always been, can the quarterback actually deliver the ball? Like, it's it's right. been about the arm way more than it is now. We celebrate the arm because we have guys who can throw 60 to 70-yard bombs standing with no effort now. Yeah. And I think it is commendable. I want to be honest. I think it's commendable. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's a it's spectacular just seeing what these these absolute aliens <laughs> chuck it down the field like right. like it's nothing. Right. Like, I'll, I'll go, going to their left, running off of one foot, off their off foot, just throwing it into the corner. Right. And where did all of this originate from? Where it originated from, guys like Johnny Unitas. And even though this guy wasn't the greatest quarterback ever, we have guys like Terry Bradshaw. And then we move into the 80s. Obviously, we have the Joe Montanas of the world, John Elway. We have Dan Marino. And then you move closer from the late 80s into the 90s, you have Jim Kelly, Brett Favre. You have uh, Troy Aikman. And then eventually you get into the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's of the world, guys who were true pocket passers and guys who – had the ability to continue to elevate their team from the pocket. But now in the modern age, and I understand the game has changed since then, but things have have totally migrated where quarterbacks have become running backs too. So I want to ask you, how do you feel about the fact that in today's day and age, all quarterbacks have to be running quarterbacks if you want to be a quarterback that's one. And then two, do you think the past helped or hurt the modern game? Hmm. Well, uh, for your first question, I, I kind of like it. I think it makes the game more exciting. And I think and I like what it does for the NFL and what 
and I, th- I think the NFL likes it too, because what it does is that it allows the offenses to play on their own terms. It, it allows the offense to dictate the terms of the game because it keeps the defense off balance. It opens up the playbook for the offense, and the defenses have to worry about, okay, I can do this, this I can do that, but what if they do this? What if the quarterback pulls up and runs? What if, if, what if I overcommit to the quarterback and he flips it to, to the running back? Like it, They have to consider so many different things at the same time. And I think that it's it's going to be the, the way of the future. Like Every single quarterback will have to run if they want to be a quarterback. Like, like, and come 2050, that's going to be the only style available. I think the pocket passer will be phased out eventually because that's just the way kids want to play too. You know, They'll right. look up to the Lamars, the Mahomes, the Hurts, and they'll want to play like them. And, and every single coach coming up, every single coach at every level will want their quarterbacks to play like that because they want that threat. They want... They want uh, their offense to work like that because it's frankly it's also easier to teach. It's 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 easier to implement at a at lower levels as well. Right, absolutely. I I definitely agree. Yeah, and, and as for your second question, uh, how so? Well, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I'll give you an example just to kind of set set up the argument. I guess when you look at past quarterbacks. Um, a lot of them got praised because of their arm and they got praised for all of the, the dynamics of being able to get wide receivers and tight ends involved from the pocket. Um, what, what would have happened if quarterbacks would have foresaw the future a little bit? Now, again, you had your Randall Cunningham's, you had your, you know your Doug Williams. You had your your your, your outliers, your warm yeah, moves the in the past. Yeah, your Elways. You, you definitely got out of the pocket. Like, in a time you, you had your outliers the uh, in, in the past, but I wonder Chuck what would have happened had guys kind of foresaw the future just a little bit more. Secrets the um, industry because doesn't want you to know, I do wonder including sometimes the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide. Absolutely, call 800-330-2929. That's 833 Hey, it's DMAC for Mike Marie How Ford Longmont. If you're looking for your best deal on a Ford F-150, it doesn't get better than this. Take seven grand off a new 2022 F-150 Super Crew 4 plus get 0% APR 60-month financing with zero down on approved credit. Mike Marooney will give you the whole $2,500 over Kelly Blue Book Fair. Right, Exactly. The whole rocket arm prototype, your like the, if you're this, looking for a quality committing so price, so they've got hundreds of traditional to choose, including eighty right? trucks and right, SUVs right. under thirty thousand. Honestly, yeah, it's I, better. I think, I've been free thinking about that too. Anywhere like, in Colorado, and their money back guarantee right now, for your piece how hurts is right service, now. and they have just wondering extended what could have been service hours at Mike Marooney Ford Could have been with Randall Cunningham, including Saturday service from eight a.m. to five p.m. Schedule your service online at MikeMarooneyFordLongmont.com. That's MikeMarooneyFordLongmont.com. 
realize that additional tax supply when choosing free delivery. Extent. Mike Marooney, As opposed Ford to, Longmont. You know, com. Just relying on the this legs to husband, escape, to Alex make Hensley. something Alex out of nothing and bail out of the offense, home. right? Because uh, a quote from Buddy Ryan, Brandon Cunningham's coach, for the longest time, yeah, we just need a few good plays from him. Our defense will do the rest. He can do that on his own. As America's veterans face Imagine if he actually had an offense that was delivered, that was built around him, that could elevate and score enough points to let Buddy Ryan's 46 defense really pin their ears back and blitz at the traditional pocket pass, right? Right, that would have been revolutionary. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. Alex has conquered this map. That's the something but to go he back won't to forget. You said a few minutes ago, right support, he talked about, you know, over time, Look the pocket passing passers did. will eventually be phased out of the game. Just doing a large part to the fact that so not only Thank you, do we look at the guys coming up in regards to who they look up to, but it's trained at a younger level. When I go back to, I want to say it was like 2010, 2011, my one check solidifies his team as a championship favorite. I'm Kyle Ricky. Um, that every story quarterback next that we played NES against, car hot pass. not all Grandma of them had an eBay Motors. Like, not all You're driving along and some nimrod cuts you off. You hit the horn. Like, these guys are 11, it sounds like a goose in distress. Like, Time to head over to eBay Motors. You know, they have horns for every make and model, you know, not to mention route, horn pads, steering wheels, wiring, and more. 122 million parts. You can even go for an upgrade. That looks like just a cutoff man needs a new seat cover. Try eBay Motors, pal. Get the right parts at the right They're prices. Being eBay Motors. Let's ride. Man, and... That's not a knock Nation those TV presented by Sage Fruit is your go-to destination for all the latest sprint car news and interviews here's with one the stars of sprint car racing from around the country. This and is Steve Post, and Chris Australia and me each Friday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on MAV TV. In Canada, check us out Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Rev TV. Ashley and I talk with all the biggest names in sprint car racing every week. If you love sprint cars, make sure you join us on Wingnation TV. John Hunter Nemechek and his because Joe Gibbs Racing the end of the day, picked up the NASCAR Xfinity Series win on Saturday at the Martinsville Speedway. He's going to have to transition and understand that, dash for you know, cash at the bonus college money. level, it was Nemechek's second win I can't of the stand season, in the pocket as long, to take the and I think we saw evidence of that when he was uh, going up against that this Vaughn's Texas defense in the right. spring game, could be but nonetheless, he'll get better over time. He's one of the few young quarterbacks that I think could bring that back. We've made too many mistakes, in my opinion, and we've beat ourselves a couple times this year. Over time, I think we will kind of see it phased out, and I don't think that... He has finished yeah, in not, the top 10 in seven of eight I mean, especially races. Especially since the game itself, like the NFL, defenses and Texas. schemes and everything else I'm has Kyle moved Ricky. to such an optimized way the motor to, in favor network. of passing and in favor of defending ESPN against the pass. Denver, you know, since, uh, also since available lockdown 24 hours a day on 104.3 They're the building blocks of the entire team nowadays, right? So there's going to have to be that understanding that if you're going to stand in the pocket, you have to get it out quick. You have to process information like that, like that, and you have to deliver. You have to deliver the ball like in two seconds, flat, right? No matter what, because you, because otherwise you're gonna get hit. You're gonna hinder your def- your offense. I, I definitely agree. I always have this rule about quarterbacks. I always say, at the high school level, you have anywhere between three and a half to four seconds. And in, in real time, I think at the college level, it's two and a half to three seconds. And then at, at the 
NFL level or, or the professional level, uh, depending on which league you want to look at, uh, you got a flexibility in between um, a, a second and a half to two and a half seconds. Because I think you have to take into account that you could potentially have a great offensive line that could buy you, buy you that extra half a second. Yeah. Um, so I always kind of say it's between uh, a second and a half and two and a half seconds. Um, so that's where I am in regards to my meter. And I think quarterbacks understand that at times that's not going to always be enough. So mm-hmm. what other dimension can I add? And I think outside of all of the flare stuff, all of the pistols, outside of all the triangle sets, all of the diamond sets, all of, all of the 44 packages, all of the eye formations, they understand all of that stuff is great. But I think when you look at the grand scheme of things, I think quarterbacks have recognized that in order to be successful, I've got to be able to use my legs to some degree. And I was actually having this argument um, the other day about how I think guys who once had their mobility and lost it eventually saw their entire game change so much so that they were never the same quarterback. And I think quarterbacks, they understand that that's a possibility. So I'll ask you, knowing that that could potentially be a possibility, if pocket passers are phased out and you have to depend on your legs more, should teams start to treat quarterbacks like running backs from the perspective of you know that running eventually is going to slow down? So since right. you already start developing a guy who can begin the process of taking a quarterback's place sooner. <laughs> I thought it just occurred. Like, it, it's kind of funny. It's, it, the NFL is kind of going full circle in a way, right? The NFL used to be a running league. There used to be all sorts of backs, tailbacks, quarterbacks, fullbacks, halfbacks, and it was a full running league. Everyone was meant to run, not necessarily pass, and then it went to a passing league, and now it's going back to running and passing at the right, same time. Right, right. It, it's funny. Uh, and and that is that is an interesting thought because inevitably running and putting your body in the line like that will lead to a, a shorter shelf life. And I, I, honestly, I think we're we're kind of seeing that now. We might be seeing that now with Russell Wilson, and and yeah, it it sucks because the big thing is is it, it shortens guys' careers, it it hurts their bodies, it it damages them long term, and and it, it shortens a lot. It it makes the players a lot less valuable. It affects their livelihood. It affects their their overall value in the market. Their earning potential in such a violent game, and honestly. I think it will be this. It eventually will be the smart play just to have a farm system like the NFL, just having a, a constant farm system. Really, Dude, I've been begging yeah. for that for forever, man. I, honestly, the XFL, the XFL and USFL, they're right there. Right, they could be feeder leagues. Exactly. Yeah. So, man, I talked about this on the drive, and I got absolutely crushed because I said you need to have a league like that during the NFL season. And yeah. the the context of that conversation, just to you know, take people back if you want to go back and listen on the podcast, um, we were talking about how would more NFL games actually help in regards to NFL rule changes? And I voted no because we have a hard time just sitting down for a hour, a hour watching the XFL and right. the USFL in the off season. And we get bored with games when the NFL season is on. 
So yeah. more games ultimately means that, yeah, you'll have more to do on Sundays during the duration of the early part of the fall all the way through the winter. That's fine. I'm not knocking that idea. But to your point, I think migrating the XFL and the USFL to be like, you know, like the, the minor leagues to a degree, right. like the XFL can be like what AAA is to the MLB and USFL could be like a double A or you can have the I don't see a world where this happens, but maybe the XFL and USFL could merge together in some yeah. shape, form or fashion. And then you have one grandiose, you know, uh, minor league system where it's like you guys are going to do it exactly how we do it. And then. With that partnership, you can begin to look at some of the rules that the XFL had and say, do we want to uh, update the CBA and implement some of these things? It could be a best of both worlds. Yeah, and the NFL could take take the that merge league under the, under the wing. They could give actual proper salaries and wages to the players who are, who are playing in it uh, to compete with N- college NIL. Uh, yeah, they, they could really they could, uh, make their own G League, uh, make every team affiliates with another team. They could really, really do something special with this. They could do something. They, they could really build this out, right? And, and there'd be a better talent pool too, like for for the project players. Like you know how those players coming up every single year, they have that project label, right? They have those that potential label, right? Right. They they could have a place in in the XFL in the USFL with guys who could potentially be yeah you know NFL talents, legitimate NFL talents. And they could uh, really build up, uh, build up their confidence. They could build up their skills. They could build up their bodies, and they could have a safe spot to develop before coming up to the to the big show. No, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and I guess that's where things get get, get interesting, man. Um, there are so many guys who go undrafted, and I get it. it this won't eliminate the practice squad, so you can still have your sixteen yeah. guys on a practice squad. Yeah, the practice um, squad is just a, a matter of course. It's just it's something that right. that's for the operations of the team. It's 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 just you know a process, right? And, and that's that's really all it is. And so that's my biggest thing: creating a world where. It doesn't have to always be a one-size-fits-all. And I think if the NFL could begin to think about that, that would be great. You'll take care of your players here, and it will come perfectly as you're getting ready to transition into NFL Europe and NFL Africa, and I think also like NFL Germany, Uh, whatever that means. But um, yeah, nonetheless, I just think the NFL should really consider it because – if they don't, I think it could be detrimental to guys who really should be in the NFL. They just may need an extra year to kind right. of beef up their body or maybe adjust to something or learn something that they didn't learn. Like a guy who went to a Division three school who played all four years, if that guy had 75 sacks coming out of uh, college, that is amazing. But yeah. because this guy is 6'4", 250 um and he doesn't have every pass rush move in the book he just used his three or four that really dominated who he was well why doesn't he have the ability to be developed and then eventually called up yeah i mean that i mean he has he has the goods he just needs the skills exactly and practice squad guys yes they get to go against those guys 
and they're, you know, on the practice squad every day and they're going against the best uh, 53 for that particular team. But that doesn't mean that they're going up against a level of competition where it's I'm competing against a guy who is also looking for a job. I'm competing against a guy, if this is a practice squad player, who already has a job and I'm trying to get to that level. The guy who has a job, as long as he doesn't screw up, he's going to keep that job. Yeah. And I think there's a certain level of hunger, drive, and desire that comes from guys who genuinely know that the opportunity is literally within a hand's grasp. All I have to do is get out here on this field, go against this guy who wants the same thing I want, dominate him, and I know I'll get my chance. Right, and and same with uh, same with, with quarterbacks. They, it gives them a, a a place to learn the playbook, to learn how to read off uh, defenses, and it gives them a place to really yeah, test their skills, to get reps, right? To see that pass rush coming at their face, to right. learn how to step up in the pocket, to learn when and how to run, right? To find to, to really locate the linebacker and know what's up. Absolutely, no, you're you're absolutely right. I, I couldn't agree more. And sometimes that's all young quarterbacks need. Um, that's it's interesting, man. But I think we are eventually going to move to a place where quarterbacks will have a shorter shelf life. And I think you've got to start to think once they get into the back half of that second contract, you need to go ahead and start looking for a guy because either you're going to move off of that guy or you know that eventually the cliff is going to come. Now, if you want somebody like a Aaron Rodgers or uh, I'm trying to think, maybe like a a, a a Matt Stafford or maybe like a, a or, or Mahomes, or who's Mahomes. behind uh, Alex Smith, yeah, yeah, so yeah, something like that, yeah, 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 like 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 if you want a guy who can be kind of the bridge, mm-hmm. I think you always find that. But I think you got to be honest with yourself first and know that veteran quarterbacks, the ones that can hang on, will probably hang on for another three to five years after their prime is over. But how long are you willing to wait as far as their prime being over before you start to prepare for the transition? I think some teams are often way too late than they are way too early. That's the credit that the Patriots always get is that, they always get off of a guy a year too early rather than a year too late. And I think teams will eventually have to move to that mindset. Right. And it may look weird to fans, but I think playing a long game is the only way that you can be successful in the NFL. Can I agree more? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 NFL teams, it's a business. NFL teams always have to, they always have to look out what, what's best for the team. They always have to conduct business as it is. Right. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 just that's the policy of the NFL. And with that being said, that's the policy of this podcast. We just have to conduct business, all right? And we thank you guys <laughs> for allowing us a few minutes to kind of uh, you know, talk about some of the things that uh that that's going on within the NFL. Uh get a chance to talk about the Avs and uh you know, this 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 was a very interesting podcast because Sometimes you go into podcasts with like your whole script laid out and this, we're going to talk about this, we're going to hit this stat and nothing's wrong with that. But I think yeah, being no. able to kind of come into a, a podcast like this, be able to just kind of really have a, a, a in-depth but thoughtful conversation. Yeah, uh, really have an evolving dialogue. Yeah, exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's super important. You know, it's no disrespect to the super prepared podcast or anything like that. Yeah. But I think there's an, an authenticity about what we just created here within the last 
20 minutes. Yeah, just some real talk. Just some real talk. We hope that you catch us on the next Producers Podcast. We love you so much. And just know that we are here for you and we'll be here for you coming up very, very soon on the Producers Podcast on DenverSports.com and the Denver Sports Podcast.